completely lost my thought. I was just having a mind-blowing realization about myself. By the time I got this thing ready, it was gone. Oh, I think what it is, I actually remember it now. It's that I always try to make a business out of something. I just found a a beautiful piece of wood. I'm not sure. It's some sort of burl. But it's only the outside of it. And it's naturally broken off during the cutting that happened at this clear cut that I've walked through. This is a clear cut that's maybe 15, 10 to 15 years old. It's not that old. And it's dry land now. There's just not the natural cover that happens in the jungle here. So things have not been thriving. But nonetheless, I found an amazing piece of wood left over from all the logging. So they've pulled all this straight, high quality, dense wood out of here, but they left an absolute beautiful piece of art that tells a story. See, this is the thing. I never understood why people liked paintings, but I never thought about the story behind them is why people like them. It's all about story. That's why Roy Henry Vickers is probably as successful as he is, is because he tells a story about every single one of those paintings that he makes. And he's niched down like crazy too. But nonetheless, amazing. Nonetheless, see, I, I'm even looking at that. I'm looking at a successful artist as a business. I just always go there. It's like, why can't I just do something because I enjoy it? But anyway, I found this piece of wood and, and that relates to it. And it's how I... You know, I'm thinking about the, the easiest way to harvest unique pieces of art that I find in nature. Because I was thinking about doing an epoxy pour business, I came up with that. When I picked this up, I said, oh, I want to be able to preserve this. I, I should maybe try different preservation techniques. And what came to my mind is epoxy because there's just so many colors in this piece. It's covered in this these different green um, lichen. That's the word. I didn't I didn't have it last podcast. It's a lichen. Lichen? Damn it, I don't know. It's between a plant and a mushroom. Uh, they're all over this piece of, of uh, dried out burl. And they just are beautiful. It's The whole thing is beautiful. And so I'd love to preserve it exactly how it is. But I know taking it out of its natural environment, it won't... Uh, continue to look the way it does for very long i think finding a way to make epoxy super super thin and coating this and uh i guess dipping doing a dip um but then you have a drip come off of it like you, you just have to be oh, i just don't know um yeah it would be really cool Oh, it'd be kind of cool just to do an epoxy just on the front. So you could dip it and then turn it and then have it drip off the back. I don't know. Yeah. It could be sort of a directional piece. 
which is more to nature, right? Like I want this to be as preserved as possible. So why preserve parts of it that don't need like to be preserved? Because I want it to be natural. But yeah, I thought that uh, I came up with that idea and then I was like, oh, the most efficient way to do that would to be to actually have two people and one person's in charge of carrying and the other person's in charge of exploring and finding. But then I was like, oh, and then I'm just being, uh, I'm being a little, um, well, or, you know, to have people just go out and then bring back to a central collection point or, or have collection points all over the place. But it's ridiculous. It's like, what am I talking about? Making a business out of this is ridiculous. Just do it for myself. And then I was like, oh, that's what an artist does. Or, or like some artists do. Like they just create one thing and it's completely for them. And then people want more of it. <sighs> I just, it's like, I don't want to have to make money from this. I should just do it and give them away. Or do them for myself. Or, or, yeah, I should just do them before I even see if there's a market for it. It's ridiculous. But then I'm thinking about it because it costs me money. And I feel like I have to justify my expense. Because I never spend money on myself. It's always on myself indirectly through a business idea. It's never actually on me. It's like every single decision I make is like does this benefit me financially? I'm just so hardwired for that. And I really need to not be. <laughs> ah, it's bizarre. Life is weird, man. I've been having some crazy realizations out here on Cortez lately. This place is blowing my mind. And so much of what I have to have to um get through is my fear man i walk around here because i'm so unused to being in nature i have a knife on me i'm so afraid of anything happening but you know i kind of want to just do it as habit not out of fear and out of awareness and just general like, I want to be realistic about things, but I think that I get a, par a little bit paranoid. I go a little too far, I think. Like in my video uh, podcast from last time, I went a little far. I, I talked about a, a conspiracy that I had that I just came up with right then because I was high. And I was thinking about fear and I was thinking about Corona and I was thinking about America and economics and finance because that's how I think about, I think of everything about finance for some reason. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Oh, it sucks. I don't want to think about that kind of shit ever. I guess that's why artists get ripped off. Because they don't want to think about it so much that they never look at their own finances. And then they allow somebody to look after them who is, look after them financially when they shouldn't trust that person. I'm thinking of Dane Cook, you know, getting ripped off by his brother-in-law. 
his brother-in-law being in jail now for stealing from him. I'm thinking about tons of different things that have happened throughout history. And I'm, and I'm not necessarily saying that Dane Cook is an artist, but what I'm saying is, and, and yeah, I guess he is an artist, but I guess what I'm just saying is that uh, I don't think his art is like that great or anything, that he's like, you know, the greatest artist. I think that he's an example of what I'm trying to talk about. And he, I think what happened to him was an example of him wanting to focus on his art so much or other aspects of his life that he didn't take responsibility for one aspect of his life and was therefore taken advantage. And actually that aspect, probably he just never enjoyed it. I bet he never enjoyed thinking about money. Just like how it's so ingrained with me, but I hate thinking about it. Oh, it's brutal. I'm now laying down out in the open at this random spot that's between sort of a trail and a and what used to be a road for a clear cutting, I'm assuming. And this is uh this is crazy because um I I guess these in a lot of areas would become places that people would off road. I'm sure people would try to off road here, but you can't really off road without causing some sort of damage. But I guess you also can't get some places that you want to explore without causing some damage. Like you would have to walk. Walking would be the lowest impact to get somewhere, but sometimes it's way too far to walk. Like it's multi-day where it could just be one day of off-roading. Man, I'm still a little paranoid and worried about this spot, though, because I just followed, like, a legit animal trail that was quite big. They had, they had some nesting spots, some sleeping spots. I don't know if there's... I think it was too big for a deer, so I think... I don't know if they have elk over here or what, because I did see some tracks that looked like deer tracks, but they were quite big. Um, could just be a couple deer or one deer. That was big, I don't know, but um there was definitely an animal track that I that I just followed to a main trail. And it was wild. It was crazy experience. It was I was full of fear the whole time and also just being very, very cautious of every single thing that I do. Which is weird because we're doing that in our day to day because we're fighting this invisible germ, but out here I'm doing it because I'm fighting or or I'm being safe against, I shouldn't say fighting, I'm being safe against uh, an enemy. Um, corona is only the enemy if it gets inside of you, then it's only attacking you, right? Right now we're just making sure that it doesn't attack us. So what I'm trying to make sure is that something doesn't attack me and it's not a tiny virus that you can't see. It would be a mountain lion or a wolf. Or a bear. Uh, this island that I'm on has more wolves than I think most places. I think they, they would be up there for the most wolves um, per per area. Um, density, you know, wise. It's a very dense population of wolves here on this island that I'm on. That I've 
ran away from the city too. And uh, those don't scare me as much as the, the the cougars do, but I don't think there's a cougar. I mean, there could very well be a cougar around here. <laughs> I don't think there is. There could very well be. Oh, and boy, am I don't know. Hey, <laughs> that's clear. Um, I'm not too sure. I haven't seen any tracks, but nothing indicates that they wouldn't be. Um, there's lots of grass here for deer to eat. This would be a, a place that they would probably graze at. Um, but the rest of the island could be too. So maybe they're away from humans because cougars don't want to interact with humans because that's how they get disappeared. They will though. It's a wild place out here. It's legitimately wild. It is wild. It is wild. Testing the mic. I uh, followed another game trail. It led me to a main trail and a giant tree that survived this clear cut. There's some other ones around it, but it's the most visually stunning because it's by far the biggest and uh, most uh, leaves and stuff too. You know, it's tall as fuck. But I, uh, that led onto a, uh, I think one of the, I think the main trail actually. And um, it was once very well used. It's overgrown, but not as overgrown as some trails. Um, so fairly you still actually see a small footprint here, probably four or five days old, a boot print. So it's safe to say that these aren't well used in the likes of a trail in a city, but nonetheless a trail. Uh, could have been used actually at one point by maybe dirt bikes, maybe small quads, probably dirt bikes though. And I see that, uh, anyway, um, what I was thinking about was an electric bike. I was thinking about how, cause with a dirt bike, you're so loud, you're scaring everything away. With a bike, it, they're pretty quiet. I mean, there are no... They're not going to be as quiet as maybe walking would, but um, it's also a really easy way to get further down places. An electric mountain bike. Whoa. So what I'm doing is I'm walking right now. And as I'm walking, I'm, I'm walking down this sort of bigger path and it's so wide open. I'm no longer thinking as much about how I walk. And I make a lot of noise just by walking. So much noise that I'm scaring uh, essentially in a forest uh, alarm clock. Or not an alarm clock, but a forest alarm. And uh, what it does is it, it triggers a close group of robins who fly away from me. And they chirp which triggers a further away group of robins to fly away from that group and chirp. So, and so it's just this rippling effect that goes pretty decently. And these robins are only now coming back because I'm not moving as much. 
but I see them all around me. They're ready to sound alarms and to get away because I am a threat to them and their families and their whole ecosystem here. And they, all of these birds work together. Must be so many families. This is, these are families of birds working together as one unit, which is to alert everyone that there's a p possible danger. And that's me. So the robins are all back doing what they were doing before. Some of them have taken to open spaces. They're still not coming within 30 or 40 feet of me. So these ones are very, very cautious. These are not robins that are used to humans, which tells me another thing about the forest. And uh, the robins out in the open are eating. They're all taking a couple steps, beaks down, or continuing to take steps, beaks down, and getting worms, and getting bugs, and getting different sort of things off the ground. I don't really know what robins eat. I've seen them eat earthworms for sure, but I'm not sure what else they eat. I used to uh, watch a robin when I was a kid uh, fly into our yard, and our yard was very nice and and wild. It was It was wild, but it was... It was, um, it was wild, but it was manicured in a way where it was only a certain amount of wild. And what that did is it made the grass really thurish. Thurish? No. That's not the right word. Thurish? I don't know. It makes, it made the, it made the, uh, environment really good for, oh, there's something here. Hold on, guys. There's an animal. I am leaving this area. What kind of animal would hear the cries of alarms from the robins and come toward the epicenter of that? It would only make sense to me that it's an animal that doesn't mind something crashing through, something bigger. All sorts of animals make crashing noises like humans. That was a risky move by an animal, in my opinion. I was there for a while, not, not at sounding alarms, so... It's possible. I just saw something running. Oh, okay. Could have been a robin. Jesus Christ. I'm out here for sure. This is freaky. You know what? I'm not advertising this, but I'm putting this up. This is for uh, 
pretty much Chris <laughs> right now. But this is a podcast. I haven't heard back if he liked the first one, so who knows who this is even for, if anybody. Um, but it is a good way for me to keep a record that will last. So if you tell a story, it becomes a story. If you don't tell a story, it becomes a memory. And memories fade. And stories can linger. And that's all I'm trying to do is tell my story. And I'm trying not to get killed by a freaking animal if there's one, one, one out there. Okay, I'm back to an area that I stopped at for a quick break. This is where I veered off to use the animal trail. Oh man, this was crazy. I think I definitely will explore here again. I'm just going to be... I don't know. I might just look into it, actually. Try to find some more information on this land before I come back so I can get a better idea of what that could have been. Because I'm not... uh, I'm interested in exploring, but only if... You know, safe. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Just saw a big bird. Looks like a vulture. It's not flapping and it's quite big. It's definitely a vulture. So he's circling a little bit, but he could also be searching. Yeah, it looks like he's just searching. It's interesting, I've never watched Vulture's behavior um, until the, the other day. When I, I don't know if I talked about this in the podcast or not, but I, uh, I thought they just, you know, showed up and, and, which doesn't make any sense. I never really thought about how a vulture behaves, but I was like, oh, they probably just show up and, you know, then start flying overhead. And it's like, no, what they do is they're constantly on the lookout for food. And then they only circle overhead if it's not safe for them to land. I'm thinking about this just now and discovering more about them. And then you don't see them once they've land because, well, you might, you might see some of them because some of them might not want to battle another vulture that's down there. But there would be vultures on the ground eventually once any predators left and they are just the biggest bird of uh, a type of bird that scavenges. So there'd be smaller ground birds even potentially or um, or rodents or something. You know, flies, bugs, insects, all these different creatures participating in the same ecosystem and perhaps other mammals that are bigger than vultures even oh 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 just uh oh interesting bird dude this is, I'm, i feel like i'm playing pokemon right now just trying to see it a little better i'm scaring it for sure and it's far away There's some return calls.
Amazing. Sensational. That's sensational. Just testing the mic again. I'm just doing my best future. Sensational. It's a meme. Look it up. I think what makes me go crazy about doing this type of podcast is that I feel crazy pretending like this podcast is anything. Maybe I should just do like field reports and release them, not addressing the podcast even. But I guess what I'm trying to do is just, I think maybe the way I'm doing it is okay. It's like a live report. I I, I don't know what it is. I think if I figure this out, I think this could actually become something if I figure out how to do it. But I feel like I'm treading on something that I've never heard before and I don't even know if it exists, but maybe I should just look it up and see if it exists. But then then I think, oh, but then the creative element of it just disappears and it becomes a business because then I'm just thinking of how to optimize this instead of just doing it. I think the act of doing is what I want and I want someone else to optimize it. However, I don't really necessarily trust marketers. I don't necessarily trust anybody to to tell to actually provide a product that's worth its weight in any way. I guess I probably should though. And I don't mind having my my footprint in the edit as well. But yeah, anyway.